The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. Diana Games, Chief Executive of Africa at Work. I mentioned this last night, and Gladys mentioned it in Eyewitness News at 7. Uh, Total's decision to declare force majeure at its operations in Mozambique is a huge deal, Diana. Um, yes, Bruce, it has uh, huge implications for that whole gas project. Um, I know that the, uh, the the company pulled a lot of its staff off in the wake of the attacks in March, but the force majeure um, decision actually allows it a lot of a lot more leeway to cancel contracts. It's a lot more final, and I think uh, doesn't mean they're necessarily walking away from the project. I think there's a lot invested there, but what it is likely to do is push out the timelines. And these timelines for the delivery of LNG have been pushed out several times before. So we now, the, the current deadline was 2024, and it's probably going to be pushed out um, even more. And the worry with this is that this is really kind of strong push in the global community for climate change um, projects and so on, coupled with this innovation in green energy and so on. You know, is it going to start losing traction? It is considered to be a fairly neutral kind of energy source um, currently, and there is a lot of demand for LNG. But, you know, I think there's always the danger that we live in such a fast-moving world that any delays um, won't be necessarily good for this business. And it's not only about Total and what and, and, the, and the, 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 the energy field just generally. It's also about Mozambique. I mean, they have set so much store by this gas. I mean, they are do do a windfall of something like $90 billion from these reserves over the next decade or so, which is more than six times the country's GDP. Um, and I think a lot of the um, the financial irresponsible, uh, irresponsible behavior that has been evident, which has got them in very deep debt, has been based on the fact that they are expecting this money in the kind of near term um, to come into the fiscus and but if that doesn't happen, uh, I think Mozambique's in a in a bit of a pickle, and and any delay is very costly to the economy as well. And this is in addition, you have Exxon Mobil, Mobil, which has decided again to delay a thirty billion dollar LNG project in the Rivuma Basin, which is um, nearby. And of course, all of this Palmer attacks and this talk of ISIS and so on certainly won't help them move forward. They've been um, quite sort of skittish as it is about making the final decision to invest this kind of money. So there's a lot of implications. The force majeure um, is, is really such a negative signal to the market. Um, so, yes, it is a, it's a very big story for Southern Africa, actually. Yeah, it goes so much wider than just Mozambique. And this is an unusual deal. It is massively unusual. I'd heard that not all was well at the bank, but I see now that Access Bank, which is the biggest bank in Nigeria, is buying Grow Bank. Grow Bank used to be called Bank of Athens, and um, Access Bank has pounced on a South African bank. A Nigerian bank has bought a South African bank. We're used to things working the other way around here, but this one is a turn up for the books. <laughs> Yeah, we are kind of used to things <clears throat> happening the other way around. And um, I think this is very good for the relationship. I mean, Access Bank has grown to become one of the biggest, well, that's probably the biggest bank by assets in Nigeria. It did a, a big uh, merger with one of the other big banks, Diamond Bank, um, a little while ago. So it is actually a very big bank. And, and Nigerian banks have shown quite an appetite for expansion. If you look at UBA, United Bank for Africa, 
Um, they have had a, a presence in Zambia and uh, just sort of over the bo- a few borders, you know, quite close by to us. But what has happened is, is Nigerian banks and, and others have avoided South Africa because of the size of our banks, the kind of um, control they have of the market and so on. They just don't necessarily see the business case for coming into this market. And there's a lot more low-hanging fruit in other African markets. And this has become a bit of a, a thorny issue in the relationship because there's so much South African investment and, and presence in Nigeria and very little in South Africa. So it's very good for the relationship to see a, a big brand like Access Bank coming, being confident, coming into this market. Yes, they're coming in with a reasonably small um, acquisition, but it's, it's part of a bigger plan. And Access Bank has also bought um, and made acquisitions in Kenya, in Mozambique, and actually last week they bought a bank ABC in uh, Botswana, which is part of the Atlas Mara um, group. And so they're moving. I think they've got operations now in 10 African countries. So it's part of a much bigger play. And I, I know UBA at one point had uh, operations in about 20-odd countries. <clears throat> you have Echo Bank out of West Africa in, in about 28 or so. I can't remember the exact number. So, you know, we, there is a big push from West Africa into the rest of Africa. So, um, But coming into South Africa is quite unusual. And, um, of course, the Grow Bank was previously the Bank of Athens and uh, went into um, the agriculture uh, sort of business quite specifically and it became Grow Bank. But I think the, the idea is that it will rebrand to Access Bank, which is a brand that is known by many Nigerians, of course. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the uh, this thing plays out and it is very good for this relationship to have this big brand <clears throat> in South Africa and it follows quite closely on the um, the, the, the uh, airpiece, airpiece flying to South Africa which is a Nigerian airline <clears throat> airpiece is not particularly invested as such in this country but um, you know we're starting to see a little bit of a reversal and I think we also there's a couple of um, these new kind of startups more in the in the technology space that are from Nigeria coming into South Africa. So I think we're going to see things shaking up a little bit. And I, um, I don't think um, it will necessarily be a big threat to the, the current banks, but I think it's important that we have more Africans kind of playing in, in this space. And, and as I said, it's quite a small bank, but um, they are looking for um, a lot of business in, in Nigeria, not just from Nigerians living here, but also from South African companies doing business in Nigeria because it's very useful to be part of a local bank as well, um, depending on what you're doing there. So, you know, we'll see how this plays out. But I think it is very positive, actually, um, in a way. So, anyway, time will tell. I'm just going to put you on hold for a second, Diane. I want to hear your final story, but I want you to clear your throat because you're struggling a little. So I'm giving you the dignity um, clearing of throat moment. Um, Diana Games, Chief Executive of Africa at Work, producers, give her back to me, please. I need to finish with her. Uh, Diana Games has been on holiday recently and as uh, the tourism destinations across the African continent uh, are showing us, there are lots of deals to be had, but tourism is coming under a huge amount of pressure. Diana Games, Chief Executive of Africa at Work, tell us about your holiday and how you have taken advantage of an opportunity recently. Well, Bruce, what's happened? Sorry about my throat. I'm not quite sure um, what's wrong. It's been fine all day. <laughs> of <laughs> but, course. Um, it's, it's the money show Lurgy. Um, it, it reflects everything, um, including the Zoom <laughs> lines, yes. Yes, of course, the Zoom lines. 
And, um, well, what happened is uh, we took advantage of a SADC special to the Okavango, which is a 75% discount on the normal um, charge to, to international visitors, which tells you two things. One is that the SADC market has been, you know, why people can't afford to go to a camp like that from, from the SADC region, given our foreign exchange issues. <clears throat> Sorry, Bruce, I'm going to still have to do this. Um, but also... Uh, you know, are they, um, I think that it's expensive to run these camps and to, to run um, game lodges and things like this. And Botswana is a very expensive country. I mean, I think the the, um, uh, the rand is quite weak against the Pula, which is a bit alarming. And I think it always has been as, as, as far as I can remember. But um, so what's happening is these places are kind of remodeling themselves to attract uh, regional tourism, which actually should have been a factor for a, you know, long before now, but of course they're forced to do this to survive because all the international visitors have gone away that are paying a lot more money for these camps where locals can't afford it. So it's interesting you're seeing it in South Africa. We took advantage. There's a couple of camps in Botswana, um, even some of the upmarket hotels in Johannesburg are looking at this option, looking at you know the, the wealth that's around us rather than only focusing on overseas markets. So I think there's a new model emerging possibly you know we can't always rely on the status quo which is foreigners coming and being our main source markets you know then a lot of these places rely on kind of um low volume high value uh, as their model and um and and a relatively small proportion of the visitors are from overseas but the value is high so it was absolutely fantastic although we did drive there and um you need a four by four i'll just warn anyone <laughs> um, we got really bad deals on the potholes, and there are a lot of them. And if you're in a saloon car, which we are, were, um, you can't see the potholes, oh. and they are pretty bad for long stretches of the road. But amazing holidays to be had, actually, around the region. And it's, I think it's great that Africans are starting to explore their own uh, resources and natural resources far more than they used to, perhaps when they uh, a plane ticket to London or, or wherever was a very easy um, thing to do on a on a, a, a holiday. So. It's just something to think about, and it's whether we revise the model. I know Zimbabwe has long had different uh, tiered kind of pricing for uh, for SADC, for local t- tourists, and for internationals. And maybe this is something that the companies in, in Southern Africa need to look at. Thank you to Diana Games, Chief Executive at Africa at Work, the business consultancy specializing in doing business on the African continent. Yep, the huge opportunities that are open to you um, and you're doing a, a, a great service to tourism properties who are opening themselves up to you at discounted rates, but you're helping them stay alive and open for a time when they will once again bump up their prices and make it uh, and, and feed those traditional source international markets, which is where the profits lie. Right now, they're just trying to survive. So Diana Games has taken advantage of that, as have lots of you, no doubt, as well. Diana Games at Africa at Work. After Eyewitness News, uh, Chantal Marks from F&B Wealth and Investments on the power of the money, baby. The dividend, why you need to focus very strongly on dividends. That explained in detail in the next half hour.